are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is back in business. Joined, like always, by my awesome co-hosts and colleagues. We got Nate, we got Chev, and we got Pork. Hope everybody's doing great in here tonight. I know everybody out there is doing good. Thank you, like always, for tuning in. We're going to be kind of changing things up just a little bit. Episodes are going to be a little bit shorter, less prospect breakdown. But if you want more of that, Nate and I are doing some fire-ass rookie breakdowns. Some guys you won't hear <laughs> a lot again. of. Head on over to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Rewind. Check our tiers out. Let me know what you think. If you have any other suggestions for that, sign up. Hit me up at RewindCEO or at MJBauer85 at gmail.com. Until then, let's get into it and talk about our first breakdown of the night. So... Some people are really high on him. I feel like Pork and I are going to kind of be. So also, I figured it out, right? Pork and I like almost always agree on prospects. Mm-hmm. Nate and I rarely agree on prospects. And Chev and I, it's like 50-50. When I think Chev and I are going to agree on someone, he's just like all the way out here. When I think <laughs> we're not going to agree on someone, we do. So Chev, you're like my wild card in this whole thing. I never have any idea what you're thinking. Um, but that's kind of like how it goes. So Sam Howell, quarterback for the University of North Carolina, six foot one, 218 pounds. He's 21 years old. He was a four-star recruit, and he is projected to go in the second round of the NFL draft. Again, all uh, projections, NFLmockdraftdatabase.com. So last year, 3,056 yards passing, 24 touchdowns, nine picks. He had a quarterback rating of 76.1, completed 62.5% of his passes, 828 rush yards and 11 rushing touchdowns. Now, Bob listed this as Nate's episode because Nate likes both of these guys. Nate, do you want to go first or last? I would like to go last. Okay, great. <laughs> Who would like to volunteer to talk about Sam Howell first? I'll do it. Um, because for you know, for I think we were talking about about last year with Diami Brown and Daz Newsom. We got to see a little bit of the Sam Howell breakdowns and Back then, you know, I really wasn't a big of a fan, but he didn't look as bad to me. So I turned on the film this year. Um, as soon as he drops back the pass, like, you know, in the first quarter, I'm just trying to take everything in. I'm just focusing on his accuracy, um, intermediate routes, deep passing. Um, I get to the next round of tape, and then I'm realizing, okay, two seconds he drops back, and then he's just running. Apparently, most of the time it's for no reason. So I'm trying to like trying to figure that part out. So um, I continue to keep breaking it down and I'm starting to see everything is first read. He drops back first read, throws the ball. Okay. I think number 11 looks pretty good. I can't think of, I don't know his name right now, but he looks pretty good. He starts to throw to that first read. looks at the first read. If it's not there, he's just running. There's no progression throughout of throughout his tape at all. And to me, I think that's a really bad thing. I don't know if that's an in-between-the-ears thing. I wasn't sure if that's a, a coaching thing. But 
something if looking at a quarterback moving to the next level where he can't process and he can't do any of that stuff that's a huge red flag for me so if he he threw 62% completion percentage to me that's not really good at all <laughs> moving on to the next level especially if you're if everything is first read and running if your first read is not there majority of the time where else are you going to go so I, I'm not really that big on Sam Howell at this point. Um, second round to me, I think it's just because he's a quarterback. It's a little bit of a stretch. But um, his his arm strength isn't the best. I think it's kind of mediocre. He gets the ball there. Um, accuracy intermediate is okay. But I, I, I just can't get behind the Sam Howell hype for some people. Um, I think I have him. I mean, it's kind of bad. I have him third in his QB class. Um, with with uh Willis and Pickett, but that's because I can't stand the the other two, um, as as prospects. Um, Sam Howe, I think could be a really good backup. You could fill in for a role for for a, a injured quarterback or or you know as a as a spot start for for certain teams. But I can't I can't get behind the Sam Howe hype. Um, also, wide receiver number eleven for North Carolina is Joshua Downs. Definitely somebody you yeah. want to keep. Mm-hmm. On your radar, if you like Jordan Addison, uh, Jahan Dodson, not going to say he's the same, but kind of similar profile. Save, he saved he saved Sam Howell's butt a ton of time in film. He, he did. definitely popped. There's also another guy from North Carolina you want to keep on your radar, Ty Chandler. He's a running back, probably more of like a mm-hmm. third down back than a three down back at the next right. level, but you know could be a good late stash in your rookie drafts and UDFA. Um, all right, so Phil is not a big Sam Howell fan, but he would take him over Carson Strong still, of course. Um, mm-hmm. Chef, what are your thoughts on Sam Howell? They say he's the next maker, ba- Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I think it's just because they look like the same dude. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, they look pretty similar when you're watching film. I mean, you can see a lot of the same kind of tendencies. The way they move in the pocket, I think, is pretty similar. And the way they throw is pretty similar, in my opinion, as well. I kind of like the way he he plays with a little bit of swagger. He has that confidence in him. You can tell by the way he plays. You can tell by the way he's running the football as well. So he's a guy that I think can bring that energy to his team. And as a quarterback, you need to be able to bring that because if you're a quarterback that just goes out there and you're just moping around, the team is not going to be excited to play with you, uh, and they're not going to play as good. So if you have a guy that's as, as energetic as Sam Howell, I mean, he just seems very confident. And I wouldn't say cocky. I would just say very confident-like uh, abilities as well. And I think he's a good player, man. I think he has the abilities to run with the football. He has the ability to throw the football as well. Uh, but one of my favorite things that he does is he can roll out. He can use different arm slots as well. And I think that's going to – it should translate pretty well into the NFL. I mean, you have to keep looking downfield when you're moving around in the pocket in the NFL, and I think Sam Howe does that. Now, is he my number one, number two, number three quarterback? No, but I think he has pretty good traits to translate into the NFL, even though he is not the best quarterback. I think he has the possibility to keep his teams in games and not – ruin the game for them and he can use his feet in the red zone as well and that's something as a fantasy football owner you're always biting at the bit to get those touchdowns look at Dak Prescott we're all mad because he was stealing stuff from Ezekiel Elliott when they get down to the red zone I think Sam Howe is good enough with his feet to do so okay um he's so I'm just looking it up I don't know where you guys have him ranked he's currently my quarterback five in this class to be honest with you Nate's Nate's 
Uh, I have Carson Strong one spot above him. <laughs> I also need to update my one rankings. Wow. Yeah, what? yeah what's up? Uh, it is Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Carson Strong, and Sam Hill. So, um, Nate, I'll let you go last. You, I think, Chev, Pork, you, you pretty much t- touched on everything. Um, I do see he kind of locks on his first read, like like Pork says. Chef, like he says, rushing, he, he does, you know, he keeps his eyes down the field. His rushing is going to keep the team in the game. Um, there's just a lot of inconsistencies in his game that I don't like. You know, like his deep accuracy needs some work. I don't think he has the best arm overall. Do I have a, do I think he has an arm that's adequate enough to be in the NFL? Yeah, I would say that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we could see guys, their arm strength can improve over time with coaching. Let's also keep in mind, too, that these guys, and I feel like this is important, especially for quarterbacks. When you are in college, you are only allotted so much time with coaches and, you know, with your your teammates and everything like that. Everything is really dictated there. So when you're a professional athlete, you could obviously hire private coaches and you could spend more time with your teammates and your playbook and stuff like that. So that's why you see guys develop. Um, I would say, honestly, his biggest upside is his rushing. And I have him projected to go just because you never know. You see guys fall. I think he can go as high as the second round and as late as the fourth. We've seen it before. Remember Brady Quinn sitting in the green room and then the Browns mercy picked him because I think the NFL made him do it. Um, Mm -hmm. But, and this is before, you know, all this stuff was happening today. We don't know where Deshaun Watson's going to go. My projected team fits were New Orleans or Carolina. I have him routed out of six. So bottom end of a good starter in the NFL. If he gets a, you know, creative offensive coordinator, good team around him, he might be okay. I think he, he might be one of those guys better for fantasy than for the NFL. Um, Nate, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I can't really agree with all of you, but I do want to say, just to start out, when I say that Sam Howell is my quarterback too, and I've been riding him for a, a, over a year now, you know, I still, I'm not saying that Sam Howell is going to be a bona fide stud. This is a weak mm-hmm. quarterback class. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty there at the top. Uh, I, can respect anyone shuffling around their top five however they want to. But for me, Sam House, my quarterback too. He is currently the record holder for most passing touchdowns in three seasons in the ACC. And the ACC has had some decent quarterback play. Uh, they've had some guys drafted in the first round, uh, even recently, Trevor Lawrence. So 92 career passing touchdowns. And I just want to point out the production. Coming in his freshman year, 3,600 yards, 38 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. His freshman year was better than any season, basically. <laughs> or His bad. freshman year was the same as Kenny Pickett's season this year. How and Kenny you? Pickett had five years to get to his season. Sam Howe walked in the field and did the same thing in the same exact conference. And then last year, surrounded by Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Daz Newsome, and Diami Brown. He put up great numbers and led that team to, you know, really succeed in the ACC and to start taking advantage of Clemson falling apart. This year, he lost all all four of those guys. I know he has Josh Downs, and Josh Downs is a stud. And I know, Mike, you like Ty Chandler. But, I mean, Ty Chandler is a transfer. He was a decent player, but he's not – and he's no Michael Carter or Javante Williams, especially not having both of those guys in the backfield. So – Sam Howell goes from having one of the most stacked offenses in college football to having really not much, not much left. And you can tell that this year's tape, you know, the offense was first read, and if it's not open, run the ball. 
That was the offense this year. And it's, it's going to suck because a lot of people are going to look at Sam House film and think exactly what you thought, Pork. You know, you know, this guy can't read the field. You know, he's just running for no reason. And it's, it's not good to see that on the film. But if you look back at the 2020 film, you don't see that. You see him stand in the pocket. You see him navigate the pocket well. You see him roll out, throw great passes on the run. He does great to set his feet when he's running. He has a little mechanics that he needs to fix. He gets up on his front leg pretty quick. I saw a lot of people talk about that during the senior bowl and during the combine, but that's something that's, you know, really not that hard to fix. And I think he has good arm strength. I love his deep ball. You know, I think we saw it a lot last year with Dimey Brown, that deep ball that he had, you know, it was, it was really nice. We can see as much of it this year. Josh Downs is a bit more of a uh, better wide receiver closer to the line. He does have some deep ball ability, but I think that's not necessarily his, his forte. So I don't think this year was just set up for Sam Howell to be successful. And it was certainly his worst year. And I am usually a little wary about prospects who don't continue to improve during the NFL draft, but situation matters. And after losing all that production, all that competition on his team, I think overall he did relatively well this year with what he was left with. He still threw 3,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, nine interceptions. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over a ton. And he was dealing with injuries this year. So, you know, it, it was a bit of a plateau, but I still like Sam Howell. What he, I like he, what he brings to the table. I think he's like a Baker Mayfield type. I think like Chefs, there's a lot of similarities there in how they play the game. So while Sam Howell isn't a bona fide stud in my book, I do have a grade on him of a 6.36. You know, that's, you know, good start. NFL. I don't think he's an elite star. I don't think he's a pro bowler, but, I think he's a guy that you can, you know, put a good team around and have some success with. Nate, do you agree with what I said that he might be better for fantasy than the NFL? I, I could, yeah, I could see that. I mean, you could say a guy like Daniel Jones is better for fantasy than the NFL. Yeah. Question for you. Who would you rather have in fantasy, Sam Howell or Bryce Young? I'd absolutely much rather have Bryce Young. I would rather have Sam Howell because I don't like Bryce Young. I don't know <laughs> how you don't like the next Russell Wilson, but. Nope. Too tiny, way too tiny. You got a film score on uh, Sam Howell for me? Yeah, six point three. Six point three. Missed it. Sorry. Three six. Sorry, our uh, rewind chat was the rewinders chat was blowing up. I was looking at it for a minute. So what's yours, Mike? <laughs> Minus six point zero zero. So you think yeah. he's a good starter? Yeah, I'm talking about him as a backup, and he's a six six grade for you. You got to trust the score, Mike. Trust the score. <laughs> hey, look, the, the thing is, we've seen guys, you know what I mean? They're getting bounced after, like, midway through the first contract, after the first contract. It's just crazy with quarterbacks in the NFL anymore. It's, it makes me, you know, for a while it was like, okay, running backs are the hardest to scout because they have such a short shelf life. Shelf life. Now it's quarterbacks. And unless you're an elite talent that just keeps getting a chance, it, it's really frustrating. It's really confusing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you Let's imagine move? being – Daniel or Colt McCoy though, <laughs> literally just chilling on the sideline. You get to play every every couple games every season. Yeah, you just you just get to be on good teams usually too. So I mean, it works good out. Check. Charlie Whitehurst, think of how much money mm. that guy made, and he never played. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was freaking tall. All right, we're gonna move on to the next prospect, and Nate, I'm gonna give you the option again. Would you like to go first or last? I'll start here. You'll so start here. Can I just talk about him real quick? Sure. Okay. So this is Jalen Tolbert, and he is from South Alabama. Did I say that? It is South Alabama, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
perfect. Um, he's six foot one, 194 pounds, 22 years old. He was a two star recruit and he was a projected third round draft pick again, courtesy of NFL mock draft database.com. Last season, 82 catches, 1,474 yards, eight touchdowns, and he averaged 18.0 yards per catch. So, Nate, why don't you start us off and tell us why you are a Jalen Tolbert fan? Yeah, uh, to start off, the production the past two years. Um, I know it is South Alabama. I know it's not the ideal competition down there in the Sun Belt, but uh, he, he was that offense. He... You know, this year, 1,474 yards, eight touchdowns, 82 receptions. You know, he really was that offense. Everything funneled through him. And I think he just does everything you want a wide receiver to do. I, I don't I don't know if he's elite in any skill. I don't think he necessarily jumps off the tape to some people because he doesn't have maybe the flashiest plays. Uh, the game-breaking speed of like a Jamison Williams or something like Jahan Dotson. But to me, Jalen Tolbert does everything I want a wide receiver to do. He He's a good route runner. Uh, he does well to use his head to sell routes. He's efficient with his steps. He doesn't lose a lot of momentum in and out of his cuts. He has good feet at the line of scrimmage to get you know off the line, good release there. And his athleticism – you know, I think he's an above-average athlete. I think he does well to get down the field. He can definitely stretch the defense at times, and he has some yards after catchability. Um, but like I said, not a Jamison Williams, not a Jahan Dotson who's going to consistently, you know, break off into the, behind the safeties. I think he has great hands. I think he's very comfortable catching out of his frame. He flashes his hands well. You know, he, it, that allows him to be in the contested catch situations. You know, he's decently tall for a wide receiver. I think he came into the combine six foot one. Um, I don't have it pulled up around me right now, but I think it was about six foot one, six foot one and a half. Ended up running in the four fours. So, you know, a good, good time there. Tested decently well. And I think he has a swagger to him that you just see at that level that he plays with. So, just when I look at him as an all around prospect, I just get excited. And I think he can fit into any scheme. He can play. He's probably going to be not an X. I think he's going to be more of a Z receiver um, off the line. But I, I think he can be used in a lot of different ways. I think he can be, you know, he can handle good volume. I think he can be a guy that we can have as a steal in fantasy football drafts. I'm really hoping on the day two draft capital. I think that's the thing that really I just need to confirm him as like my number one sleeper. If he falls into the fourth round, which is definitely a realistic possibility. You know, I'm going to cool my jets a little bit on him because just the, you know, going into the day three draft capital, it does minimize your chances of succeeding. But if he gets mm -hmm. that, you know, second, third round draft capital, Jalen Tolbert is a guy that I think is going to be a great sleeper and a great value in all of the rookie drafts. You have a film score on him? I do. Um, none of you guys are going to like it because it's going to be way too high. But I actually have his film score as a 6.94. That is Tommy Chong high. <laughs> wow okay well listen okay look and what, what i'll say is and this this applies to nate this applies to everyone here we have a an opinion we we stay with it we don't let people mm -hmm. you know try to knock us off our course nate i respect it um i asked for volunteers in the private chat who wants to go next pork said he would so chef what do you got for us <laughs> <laughs> hate this guy you love me stop it i don't yeah no i, I like jalen tolbert 
I honestly, he kind of reminds me of like the prospect that Malik Willis is. So he's Malik Willis is on a team that is not the greatest. Jalen Tolbert's on a team that's not the greatest. He doesn't have the greatest coaches. He doesn't have the greatest teammates around him. He doesn't play the greatest competition. And I think he's a little raw, too. I think there's a little bit of nuances that he can learn running routes. I think there's a lot of different nuances that he can learn going into the pro level from these coaches that he's going to get. And I I just see him as one of those raw prospects, like Nate said, that is just very athletic. He can go up and get the football. He's got good hands. Does he have drops? Yeah. But if you look at the throws that he's receiving – there are some ducks out there that have been thrown to him, and he can't catch every damn duck. I'll say that. It's way harder. So I think Jalen Tober is a really impressive player to watch on the field. I think there's some things that he's going to fix up in the NFL, and I think Nate said it right. Second or third round, I'm going to snag this guy pretty quickly in my rookie drafts. Maybe not two, three like Nate did the other day, but I, I, I <laughs> love the hype that he was giving him. And I think Jalen Tober is a guy that there's a lot more to be seen from him once he gets into the NFL. And I think even if he goes in the fourth round, it kind of depends on team at that point. So, I mean, some teams don't have picks early on, so they kind of got to reach in the fourth to get those guys that maybe have slipped through the cracks. And I think Jalen Tober is a guy that you need to be watching and being careful of where he goes and what he's going to do in the next coming year is he's going to progress and get better throughout the season. And this is a prime prospect for Shevin's 101 on picking him up later, I think, after the draft and midseason. Yeah, I will say, you know, it was only a couple of years ago that a guy out of Central Michigan University got selected in the third round. And now mm-hmm. I'm sure you would love to have Deontay Johnson on your teams. So yeah. you got to watch out for these small school prospects that make it into day two. Mm-hmm. A small school player making it into day two draft capital means that the NFL teams really see something good. It's huge for them. Those guys are playing not the greatest talent. Obviously, somebody sees something in them that they can get better, progress, and become a great athlete and great player moving forward. We've seen it so many times. That's the crazy part. Yep. So you cannot count any of these guys out. True. I believe Antonio Brown was a six-round pick. Also out of CMU. Yeah, there you go. Um, So, Philip, would you like to give your thoughts on Jalen Tolbert? Yeah, I mean, watching Jalen Tolbert's film, I think it was more – I had to take my eye off the ball. It was a book that we had. I just had to use that uh, thing real quick. But it's more because watching that offense was kind of brutal. Like Chef said, the quarterback was just terrible. So, I kind of had to break down Jalen Tolbert – without the offense and just just solely watch what he does best um but for me Jalen is is very very raw and I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was that Jalen he runs routes but he's not a route runner as just of yet um and if that doesn't make sense to anybody I'm looking for like a route manipulation I'm looking for how his hips are sinking um to for for um comeback routes and out routes to see if he gets open well um he's able to do that against the talent in the sun belt but i think once he's able to do it um get to a good nfl team and have a good really good wide receiver coach to you know show him how to get open um because there was there was a ton of 50 50 balls sometimes some people say that's a Mm -hmm. red flag but um it, it could be a good thing as well, um, but but seeing you know he ran forty well, 
which means he has the speed. He has the athleticism. So I think once he gets to the next level, gets a really good wide receiver coach to, you know, show him the ropes to go to a good team, like Chef said, I think the, the sky could be the limit for this guy. Um, I did see a couple concentration drops, but those were those were duck passes, majority of those. So it's like, hey, we got to take those some of those with a grain of salt. We would love to see him catch those, but we go to the next level. Majority of the quarterbacks in this league, they don't really throw ducks like that. Unless you're Jalen Hurts, as Mike would say, but <laughs> you didn't even it, give me I, a chance. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think it, <laughs> I think day two if day two if his guy gets day two draft capital, I think the it's to the moon for him. But if that day three is totally team dependent, um, I I mean we would usually say it would be like Detroit if he goes there. I don't think that would be a good spot for him. But if it's you know he has to go to a team where it has a good offense and. Or like if it's like say for instance he gets like a Green Bay, I would totally love that with him and Rodgers, you know, learning from Devontae Adams if they give him his contract extension and they learning should. from Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers you know show him what how he wants him to um, get open and whatnot. But hey, he's he's a raw prospect, so I'm not going to give I'm not going to give up on him just yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will. I want to say you know I I think there's a lot of contested catches on his ta- his tape. But if you really look at those contested catches, number one, he wins a lot of them. So that's mm-hmm. that's good. But I think if you look at them, a lot of times he's got two, three steps on his cornerback, and it's just a terrible pass that he's got to slow down for. The defender mm-hmm. catches up, and then he's got to make the contested catch. Mm-hmm. And as you said, once you get to the next level, your quarterback's going to lead you. You're not going to have to mm-hmm. slow down and have that contested catch very often. And he's a guy that... I've comped to Terry McLaurin. You know, obviously that's a huge stealing comp. But I think he has a similar play style where he's sneaky fast. He's got the contested catch ability. He does everything well. And maybe he doesn't do anything at an elite level. But Terry McLaurin is one of the most solid receivers all around that you could ask for. I think Jalen Tolbert has that potential. And one thing I like about Jalen Tolbert, too, is he didn't just play the X. He played some inside as well throughout his career mm-hmm. at South Alabama. So that's, an, that's another bonus for him moving forward to have that nuance of what that kind of looks like inside mm-hmm. and out. Also, if you want to, you know, you were talking about him going to Detroit just as a possible spot. If you want to entertain yourself, go on Twitter and type in Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, <laughs> and search, just see what comes up. Great. Today was Apparently Amon Ross St. Brown day because DJ Chark signed with Detroit. So let's on a one year deal. I mean, yeah. I feel like there's a lot more people that are trying to defend Amon Ross St. Brown than people who are actually saying Amon Ross St. Brown isn't is in trouble. Yeah. There's just a bunch of people trying to make up drama so they can defend Amon Ross St. Brown. Completely unnecessary. Mm-hmm. If anything, it's going to take coverage away from him and make it better for him. So everyone, let's calm down. But that's not what we do on social media. We overreact, overreact, overreact. <laughs> right. Like I might do at some point with Jalen Tolbert. I'm not as high on, as Nate is on him, but I like him. Um, got good breakaway speed. He could he could take it to the house any from anywhere on the field. Um, but his offense and his quarterback just wasn't doing him any favors, like you guys touched on. He's got good hands. Um, I noticed he breaks his routes off a little bit too early at times. The only knock I really have on him for his size, I would like to see him be a little bit more physical and just mm-hmm. shore up his run blocking a little bit. But again. These are all things. The physicality, not so much. You just gotta, you gotta find a nasty streak somewhere. Uh, the run blocking that could be worked on. But he's productive. Over a thousand yards in both his junior and senior years. 
Um, hoping he gets good draft capital. I have him mocked in the fourth round. My film grade on him is a 5.56. So he could be one of those guys. I think he's going to be a solid contributor both in the NFL and in fantasy. Do I think he's ever going to be a wide receiver one for either? No. But if you're drafting him in the second round of a class that's being heralded is not that great, it turns out to be a low-end wide receiver two, even high-end wide receiver three, you're fine with that. Mm-hmm. If he has an explosive game and you don't believe in him, then move him for other assets. That's what I would do. Can I just say something real quick? Blocking as a wide receiver is hard as hell. The, the, what the <laughs> running back is actually reading is reading your butt. So whichever way your butt goes, that's the way he's running. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you know, blocking somebody in space is not easy. I tried to do mm-hmm. it my senior year. They threw me out that wide receiver. Boy, I had a lot more respect for them moving on. I'll tell you that because it's <laughs> not easy. You just literally, whatever way the cornerback goes, that's the way you're pushing him. So well, then what just, I will say, if you're listening and you want to see <laughs> prime example of wide receiver blocking, type in Quintez Cephas, <laughs> Wisconsin. You see some blocking there right go. there. Oh, yeah. There you go. Or you can just type in George Pickens. He'll just push you off your uh, tail from the that's, Epilon, that's disrespectfully. Funny. Your cup is really funny, too. It's actually really bothering me. Stupid purple cup. I don't care about hey, First of all, I don't care about your hat, you freaking cougar. Hey, how dare you? All right. <laughs> now it is time to pay some bills. So with some lovely pre-recorded commercials, here is me. Do you still want to draft but don't want to join yet another dynasty startup? If so, it's time to check out Underdog Fantasy. Best ball platform season-long drafts for the 2022 season are now open. Rewind when you make your first deposit and you will get... Deposit 100, get 100 more to play with. Boom. The link is in the description. We'll see you there. Are you looking for a new way to play Dynasty? Way to go deeper than just drafting, trading, and setting lineups? If that's true, it's time to check out DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner.com is the new and improved way to play Dynasty Fantasy Football at its deepest. around the cap and make the tough decisions when the time comes new leagues are now forming it's time to own your dynasty at dynastyowner.com let them know the dynasty rewind sent you by using the code rewind the link will be in the description are you looking to support the dynasty rewind team and enjoy your favorite live events at a great price it's time to check out our friends at SeatGeek. SeatGeek is leading mobile-focused ticket platform that enables fans to buy and sell tickets for live events such as sports and concerts. They search all the big ticket sites for you, analyzing thousands of ticket listings, and present the results using SeatGeek's deal score system and rate the best deals all in one place. They utilize 3D maps to make finding the perfect seat easy for you. Creating an account takes seconds. When you use promo code DynastyRewind, you will get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Sign up today and enjoy a game tomorrow. And lastly, do you, my friends, want some Dynasty Rewind swag? Make sure you visit ViridianGlobal.com, the only official merchandise company of the Dynasty Rewind. Make sure you use the promo code REWINDER, all caps, at checkout for 10% off all Dynasty Rewind and Dynasty Rewind only. <clears throat> Again, don't forget, 
viridianglobal.com is the only place that you will find official Dynasty Rewind merchandise. Thanks again, everybody. Oops, playing again. And thanks again to everybody except for Porkman, of course. Um, okay, so now we're going to our last segment of the evening. This won't take us too long. We're talking about some dynasty breakouts. Um, so just some guys we think haven't seen a breakout yet, but that are bound for one in 2022. So, Nate, this has been your quote-unquote episode. Why don't we start with you tonight and you tell us who your 2022 dynasty breakout is. I know Chev's going to love this one. Yeah, my breakout for this year, I think, you know, it's a guy that you can get relatively cheap at the moment. And if you have a tight end premium league, this is a great guy to try to buy low on right now and just slap into your tight end slot for the future. And it's Cole Komet. Um, We know the Bears love tight ends. We know they love signing tight ends. And they finally have stopped signing, you know, 14 tight ends onto the roster because they're like, hey, Cole Komet's actually kind of good, you know? So coming out of college, coming out of Notre Dame, he, he was a second-round pick, came at the 211. That's pretty good draft capital for a tight end, especially for Cole Komet. I think that was great cap- draft capital for him. You know, he ran a 4-7, and people were like, oh, well, he's not that athletic. You know, we want to see Vernon Davis out there running a 4-4. We want to see, like, Kyle Pitts out there. Not everyone can be those uber-athletic freaks. And when you look at it, Cole Komet – is over 260 pounds. So for him to run a 4.7, you know, when you actually look at the speed score and the burst score, he's over the 80th percentile for both of those. He He's athletic. He might not look athletic out there just because he's a big guy, but he is very athletic, very athletic for his size. So, you know, right there, just get rid of the whole, oh, he's just a, you know, a blocker who can catch the ball. No, this guy has upside, okay? And we started to see it last year. Cole Komet was being used by the Bears at the end of the season. You know, he actually was third in the league for tight ends with fourth quarter receptions right behind Michael, um, sorry, Mark Andrews and Mike Gusecki. And so we start to see that usage. We had the weird Bears offense last year with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's gone. Matt Nagy's gone. We have Justin Fields now. And Justin Fields looked like he had a connection with Cole Komet. I think Justin Fields is going to love throwing the ball to Cole Komet. They have chemistry. Justin Fields has chemistry with Darnell Mooney. And then that's it. That's the entire offense at this point. Except for maybe David Montgomery mixed in there every now and then. So I know they're going to draft someone. They might sign someone like Juju. But Cole Komet is going to be one of the top two or three targets on this offense. And the Bears' defense isn't what it used to be. The Bears' offense is growing. I love Justin Fields. I'm all about Justin Fields. So I'm trying to buy low on the Bears' offense right now because I think it has a lot of potential. I like Darnell Mooney. I like Cole Komet. I think both are good dynasty values. I think Cole Komet, in a tight end landscape where you have a couple of the top guys and then a big drop-off, I think Cole Komet can, you know, going into his third year, could, by the end of the season, be one of those top second-tier guys. I don't know if it ever be in that top tier with Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts and Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, those guys. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't can't see why Cole Komet can't be top of that second tier along with guys like Mike Gusecki and, you know, some of those other guys that we, we love to see and are valuable because you buy them now when they're tight end 15, tight end 18 in dynasty, 
And then you just slap in your lineup. And as long as you have a strong team around them, you're fine with having the tight end seven or eight on your team, you know, especially if they're consistent. I think Cole Komet can bring consistency. He's a red zone threat. I, I just think there's a lot of things that are lining up for him. And a lot of efficiency stats that just didn't come to fruition last year because the Bears offense wasn't that good. He had the fifth most slot snaps for tight ends. This is a guy that we look at as a main, mainly as a blocker, but he's actually being used the slot a ton. I mean, he, he might not be Mike Kosicki, who's running like 80% of his snaps out of the slot, but Cole Komet, he's, he's a guy that's not just a blocker, but he's a blocker as well. So he's always on the field. Guy you got to get now because I think he's going to have a really good third year breakout. Okay, perfect. So Nate's telling everyone to go get Cole Komet. And Chev, you're the Bears fan. You did not have Cole Komet on here. Who are you telling everybody to go get this year? Hey, and I like Cole Komet. I think I'm, I'm starting to warm up to him. Okay. I like what the efficiency that Nate was talking about. So Nate said he's good in the red zone. They didn't use him in the red zone. They had a guy named Jimmy Graham that they overpaid for and mm-hmm. felt like they had to throw him in there every time they're in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So moving forward, that's only going to go to Cole Komet most likely. So that's huge for him. Then you throw in the targets. He's eighth in targets for tight ends. If you're looking yep. for a tight end, you want those targets. That's all you're really looking for. But you know what? Kokomet, we've talked about you a lot. Let's go to my guy. My guy is Trevor Lawrence. Now, the Jaguars, they did not go and get, like, a wide receiver one. They didn't go get a guy that is an absolute stud at the wide receiver position. They went and got a guy, a lot of guys that Christian Kirk, 800 yards every season, or most of his seasons. Okay, that's great. Throw him in the offense. Then you go and get Zay Jones. Not exactly sure why they pay so much for Zay Jones. Don't get it. But whatever. But they bring in Scherf to protect him a little more. I like that. And then they have the draft capital as well. They have a lot of picks, I believe, so that they're going to draft some more help for him. They're probably going to focus on the defensive end in the very beginning. But I like what the Jaguars are doing. We didn't see any of Travis Etienne last season. You're getting back James Robinson at some point, so that would definitely be helpful. And we're getting a whole new coaching staff, which I think is the biggest thing for Trevor Lawrence. None of these quarterbacks last season really impressed me much. I mean, Mac Jones, every once in a while he would have his game, and then it would be where they ran the football 450 times. I'm sure Sean's laughing because it's true, but Mac Jones doesn't have any help around him. There's not a lot going there. And Justin Fields didn't play well. Trey Lance played one game. Like, none of these guys have really proven themselves. But Trevor Lance has a coaching staff now that is pushing to get him more talent around him. Even though it may not be the best talent, they're getting something for him. They're pushing to make his life a little bit easier. So that's one thing I think that would really help Trevor Lawrence. And we got to remember, Trevor Lawrence is a guy we've been scouting for years. We've been thinking mm-hmm. this guy's the best quarterback for the longest time now. He's proven it at Clemson. Uh, I mean, he's got some things that he still needs to work on at the NFL level. He's not used to losing. So I am pretty mm-hmm. sure Trevor Lawrence is going to come back this season hungrier than ever, trying to resurrect what he wants to do with his NFL career. And he's a winner. We've seen it every single atmosphere that he's been in high school, college, he's won everything. And I think Mm -hmm. that's going to translate in going into the next season with the new coaching staff and the weapons that they're putting around him. Now they may not be the greatest weapons, but it helps that your coaching staff is at least putting you in positions to get you players that can help you stay on your feet and throw the football down the field. The only thing I will say to that is, the Jaguars offensive coordinators, former Eagles quarterback coach, Press Taylor, 
who's the brother of Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. So um, all you Eagles fans right now, punching your steering wheel, hearing Press Taylor, he back. Um, let's go to, let's see, who do we go to next? Philip. you want to talk about Van Jefferson? Yeah, of course. I want to talk about Van Jefferson, but you yeah, know, Sean did not make, everybody. Sean, <laughs> Sean did not make a graphic about Van Jefferson and Mike decides to put Van Jefferson on my list without my consent. I was doing so work for you. I was making no, things easier for you. Most people say you thank you, but you know what? No, you don't have to, you don't have to do my work, sir. Why but. does Sean not have a, a a graphic for that anyway? Though he should always have a graphic for <laughs> always Van, Van Jefferson, Jefferson all the time, no matter yeah. what it is. He should have a graphic. That's actually a he really should. good point. But um, back to my breakout this year. Um, the Denver Broncos they drafted uh Jerry Judy along with KJ Hamler, and I can't think of the other guy right now. Oh, they had Albert O, and they had all those guys drafted just to give them talent let's say if drew lock can't do this he freaking stinks okay drew lock couldn't do it <clears throat> then they gave it to teddy b he couldn't do it denver decided to go actually get a good quarterback this time and russell wilson and russell wilson i believe is going to target jerry judy immensely this year you know he got hurt last year the injury looked really bad he was able to come back somehow i don't know how like he broke broke his leg but I think people forget the year before Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy did have three touchdowns over 800 yards and over 70 catches, which is a solid rookie season. And I think people was totally forget that, that he was able to do that. But, you know, once you look at the prospect when he's coming out, it was him and CD lamb. And it was kind of weird because he was kind of the loss, the lost guy. Cause everybody was like, Oh, I'm all on CD lamb and not forgetting how much of a, a great route runner Jerry Judy is. Now, he did have some issues with his hands at the next level, but I think that might have just been, you know, a little bit of um, not just inconsistencies between him and his quarterback. Now you got probably arguably the best deep ball thrower in the league throwing you the ball in Russell Wilson. I think this year is the sky's the limit for Jerry. He's he's definitely going to have over a thousand yards, and I think he's going to be his go-to guy. Um Corlin Sutton is good. I just see him more as a 50-50 guy. He doesn't really – he doesn't have that consistency of getting open um, all the time. So I think with Jerry Judy with his pure route running, and I, I believe him and him – he's going to use Jerry Judy like a Tyler Lockett in this offense. You know, a guy that's – you know, once he's scrambling around, he's going to look for him because he's the one that's going to be open like Tyler Lockett was in Seattle. So I think the sky is the limit. Uh, just more of a consistent title locket, I should say. And and he has a good running game, and Denver has a good offensive line as well just to keep Russell Russell uh, protected. So I think Jerry Judy I, – I think – I don't know if I should do a hot take now. It's kind of early. But mm-hmm. I think Jerry Judy will be a wide receiver one this year coming. With, Put it with on the board. Russell Wilson. Put it on the board, baby. Okay. You missed your you missed your one thing though, Pork. That I think you should say. These guys are going to be in shootouts every damn week. And yeah, that's they are. Help about so much. It's going to help them out a ton. But yeah. and, and I think people are going to get stuck with you know. There's also a Corlin Sutton. People forget about Tim Patrick. I'm not really sure how he's all he's done is produce since he's been there. Um, and he has Albert O and Javante Williams. They can't cover everybody. And I think Jerry Judy will be that wide receiver one on that team with the shootouts with with that that wild AFC West right now. 
with the Chargers getting all the defense. They they're trying, but I don't I don't think they're going to be able to stop what Russ has, what Mahomes has, and what uh, Herbert has out there. Okay, I mean I think um, I don't personally think he's going to be a wide receiver one. I could see him being like a high end wide receiver two, but I like where your head's at. You know, you're... That's, that's a hot take, Mike. I yeah. mean, it's okay. a possibility, but I, you know, these are things you have to throw out there now. Just I, you got Russ. He has a quarterback now. It's about yeah. time they got somebody that can actually throw a, a good ball to these receivers. And I think he's going to be that guy to take it over the top. So who's who? Who's Freddie Swain? Who is Lockett? And who is DK Metcalf? Who do you, who do you guys think? I don't know. You don't know? Okay. I don't know. It's they're they're their own guy. You know what I mean? It's hard to say. Freddie Swain. Guys. <laughs> Love me some Freddie Swain. Um. All right. That was that was Nate's boy at some point. He he Kept was one of the he was a champion of, the, of the the garbage player of the week or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the week. Scrub player of the week. I think. Scrub player it. of the week. Freddie mm-hmm. Swain was killing it, man. He was always hitting the over for me. You know what's funny too? <laughs> Every time I would watch the Seahawks play, and I saw Freddie Swain, I would just laugh. I just shake my head. Yeah. I'm like freaking Nate got us again. Freaking <laughs> Freddie Swain with garbage. Every time with the fourth Swain. quarter, he gets like. Two random catches for like twenty yards each, and you're like, "Dang it!" And I'm like, "Right, <laughs> let's go." All right, so let's move on here, and this is our last one of the week. This is uh, my breakout for 2022. My guy is Elijah Moore. Um, I also had to edit this a couple times because I always seem to confuse Elijah Moore and Elijah Mitchell. So I'm old. Uh, the on Alzheimer's setting in early. So he did have 77 targets in 2021 and he only appeared in 11 games that I didn't look at the breakdowns, but I don't believe all of his games played were with Zach Wilson. Um, so, you know, he's catching passes from probably Joe Flacco at some point in time. The jets were a shit show last year. I mean, we could have probably just said the jets were a shit show and left it at that and not put a year on it. But here's the thing. So that's seven targets a game. If you extrapolate that over the whole course of a year, that is 119 targets. So I would like to think that he could easily break a thousand yards next year. Um, let's see. He's versatile. He could be used as a runner. I like the way he runs routes. Let's not forget as well. Some of his former old Miss teammates had said, you're one of the best wide receivers I've ever played with. Some of his former old Miss teammates, guys like DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, saying that this guy was one of the best guys that they ever played with. That's saying something, um, you know, hey, you're entering your second season with the same quarterback, same offensive scheme. That's helpful. You know, let's hope he can stay healthy. Let's hope Zach Wilson can stay healthy. I think things are finally looking up in New York, and I think he's going to be one of the focal points of that offense, as he should be. So that's my thoughts on Elijah Moore. And also one reason I think he's going to break out is because almost every league I have Elijah Moore in, everybody's trying to get him off of me. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a way that you can gauge when you think you know people think that this guy's gonna break out, everyone's trying to get him off of you. So and mm-hmm. I'm really happy because I had a lot of drafts last year where I was getting him in like the two three to two six range, and he was always there and I was just scooping him right up. So yep. um that's my guy. That's our guys. Does anyone else have anything to add before we head out for the evening? We're good. No. No. <clears throat> Can't wait till next week. There's a certain quarterback I want to talk about next week. It's going to be fun. That's fire. Are we going to talk about Caleb Ellaby next week? Nah. I didn't think so. We already talked about him on the Patreon. 
That's right. So make sure you head on over there for some bonus content. My man Gator is already bugging me. He says, I want that Patreon episode now. It's coming, buddy. I promise. So until next week, everybody, for Chev, Nate, and Phil, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind. Please rewind. Thanks for listening. Take me out of here, Sean. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And as always, be kind. Please rewind.